The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm here, Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238, in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on state charter cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34, in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kalihi for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a wonderful song entitled, 
the old-fashioned meeting. We thank the Lord that through all the years, He never changes. He is always there to comfort us and take away the burdens that we bear. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. The church band, under the direction of yours truly, will play the song entitled, Jesus, You Light Up My Life. Yes, TV viewers, Jesus is the beacon in the night that lights our way when our way is dark and dreary. He is our guiding light, bringing hope to carry on until our Lord and Savior returns in clouds of glory.
Shirley and Bing will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the Spirit-inspiring song, Whisper a Prayer. Despite our busy schedules and all the trials and tribulations we go through each day, it is comforting to know that our Lord is only a prayer away. Prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God that moves the whole world. The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, Till the Storm Passes By, with a feature solo by Tehane Touli. The Lord is always by our side to keep us safe when the storms of life come our way. Amidst the crash of our thunderous distant trials, our precious Lord is our refuge to protect us in the hollow of His hands. We thank the Lord that He gives us the strength to endure until the storm passes by. 
In the dark of the midnight Have I oft hid my face While the storms howl above me And there's no hiding place Mid the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry Keep me safe till the storm passes by
Now we are blessed to hear from a band combo who will come together to give the Lord all the praise and glory with the song, Wonderful Words of Life. The Lord invites us to feast upon His wonderful words of life, for they hold the keys to the gospel of the kingdom of God. The good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. The Lord is speaking to your hearts today. Won't you accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord? For today is the day of salvation, if you will, but hear his voice.
The Jubilees will now blend their voices to the uplifting song entitled The Eastern Gate. Through the signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath, the coming of the Lord is near at hand. Are you ready to meet our Lord and Savior when He returns in clouds of glory? We lift up our hands to Him with praise and thanksgiving for our wonderful Lord. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to Mr. and Mrs. Alfred and Ihilani Carter, Jr. May the Lord continue to pour out His bountiful blessings upon you and your family. We pray that you will have a wonderful Sunday. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, station, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KXD-TV channel 13 in San Diego, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held every Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. To be a member in the family of Jesus, TV viewers, requires living a tough life lifestyle. There are many in the world, and in our country for that matter, who do not appreciate this lifestyle. It is too restrictive or too limiting. They maintain because it seeks to exclude sin and make it repulsive. Whether we like it or not, this is the way the Lord would have it. I hope my sermon this morning, Jesus, the only answer of today's problems, will make a special and significant impact upon you so that in spite of its toughness, you will choose to live it, the lifestyle of Jesus, beginning with your being baptized in his precious holy name. If you have not yet met this requirement, if you have, however, then you can take this sermon to heart and let it make a difference in your life as a member of God's family. What is the greatest thing that could happen to the world? Some will say, oh, if we could only have world peace, that would be the best thing that could happen to the world. 
then our finest men would not be giving their lives on the battlefields of the world. Then we can use the billions that we spend on defense and war for the benefit of mankind. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing. Someone else would say, oh, if we could only supply the physical needs of men all over the world, that would be great. Today, millions live in poverty. Millions go to bed hungry and homeless every night. Just picture the local street people, the local beach people and so forth, who go from street to street, from beach to beach to find shelter for the night. If we could supply them with good affordable homes and good clothes and good food, that would be wonderful. Still, someone else might say, oh, if we could only find a cure for cancer and the other diseases that cut people down, that would be great. Indeed, it would be wonderful. Every day we hear of many fine people succumbing to familiar and new diseases. Someone else would say, oh, if we could settle racism and get rid of religious bias and let all men live together as brothers, that would be awesome. But the greatest thing that could happen to the world would be or for Jesus to return. He would solve all our problems. He would straighten out the world. He would give us an era of peace, plenty, and prosperity. Now, as I speak of his coming, I want to make these points from the infallible word of God. One, the proof of his coming is found in the Bible. The Bible is God's word to man. If you believe in the Bible, television viewers, you must believe that Jesus is coming again. The Old Testament is full of this truth. In the Old Testament, there are two lines of prophecy concerning Christ's coming to the world. The first tells us of his first coming as a suffering savior. Read in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with stripes, we are healed. Now picture him in the garden of Gethsemane praying and sweating great drops as if blood. Read in Luke 22, 42 to 44, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Yes, picture Jesus giving his back to the smiters. The bloody wells forming, the blood flowing down to his garments. But most of all, picture him on the cross of Calvary, bleeding his life away for us and enduring the most excruciating pain imaginable. All of this is fulfillment of the first line in a prophecy of the Old Testament. The second line of that prophecy in the Old Testament concerns his coming in glory as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As we read in other prophecies, we find that a mighty conqueror is coming in great majesty and power. This is exactly the opposite of his coming as a great suffering servant. The first line of prophecy portrays his first coming when he suffered and died for our sins. The second line of the prophecy portrays him coming as a great God of heaven and earth. Read in John 1, 11 to 12, he came unto his own and his own received him not. The first his own is neuter and speaks of his own positions, including the Jewish people. They or the second his own received him not. That is through their leaders, they officially rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as their king. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Why didn't he, his people receive him? Over the centuries, they had looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. 
They had talked about it, sung about it, longed for it, prayed for it. Why didn't they receive him when he did come? It was because they were looking at one certain line of prophecy. They expected him to come as a conquering king who would throw off the yoke of Rome and set up again the kingdom of Israel in all the glory that was theirs during the golden age of King David. They neglected the first line of prophecy, even as many people today neglect the second line. Thus, when he came to suffer and die as the poorest of the poor and the humblest of the humble, his people did not recognize nor receive him. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for they had, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But today, we stand on this side of Calvary. And as we study Bible prophecy, we are looking for him to come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We're not looking for a humble person to come and die on the cross, but we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, as found in Titus 2.13. Viewers, if you want positive proof of his coming, just read the New Testament, and this great truth will leap out at you. It is mentioned 318 times in the New Testament. Many today do not believe in the second coming of Jesus in clouds of glory. The Lord said that in the latter days, scoffers who would mock the idea of the Lord's return would arise. Read in 2 Peter 3, 3-4, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The thought of the scoffers is this, since He has not yet come back to earth, we do not believe He's coming at all. But God's word is still true, and in it are many promises concerning the second coming of Christ. Two, the plan of His coming. There are really two phases of His coming. In fact, there will be two separate comings. Yes, the Lord Himself will break through the blue skies, leave heaven, and come back for His own. Those who are water-washed, blood-washed, spirit-filled, and walking in the light. First, Jesus will come in the air. At that time, He will not alight upon this earth and will come thusly for a special purpose. Read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. An observation I would like to insert here is that friends fear for some of the two born-again Christians who had died. Would the dead be overlooked and miss the rewards at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul therefore explained that one, all saints who sleep in Jesus will rise first, and two, all living saints will be caught up with him to meet the Lord in the air. This event is known as the rapture. It will be the first resurrection. Let us continue with the scriptures. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, 
comfort one another with these words. And these are very comforting words for this present time in which we live. Can any words be plainer than these? It is not hard to understand that Jesus is coming in the air for his own. It is Jesus that is coming, not another. We read Acts, first chapter, verses 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, what they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus shall come again in the same way that he went away. He went away in his glorified body. He will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person. He will return as a person. He was seen ascending. He will be seen descending. He was taken up in the clouds. He will return in the clouds. When he returns, angels and believers of all ages will be with him. The number one priority for every true born-again Christian today is to be witnessing, watching, and praying until he comes. He could come at any minute. At any minute, we might hear the shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of the Lord, and the three words to come up hither. When he asks people, do you think Jesus will come back today? They reply, we think not. But Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 44, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. The conditions of the world are worsening, and I believe that his coming is near. Time has already run out. There is no more time left. Reading Matthew 24, 6 to 8, and he shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. According to one magazine, there are about 40 wars going about in the world today, not including drug wars. See that he be not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Isn't it happening right now in or close to our own backyard? Blacks against whites and whites against blacks and nations used to be friends and allies fighting against each other. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All of the world, people and children are dying of starvation. Speaking of pestilences, we seem to have a number of them. The major and formidable one today being AIDS. And there have been earthquakes everywhere in Kobe, Japan, a major one, resulting in the loss of lives and property. Thus we see there is nothing but catastrophe and destruction all over the face of the earth. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. If these are not the beginning of sorrows, I don't want to be around when the great tribulation comes. Yes, there are bloodsheds and violence all over the world. Sin, graft, riots, arsons, hijackings, carjackings, bombings, and lootings are among the evils that are happening in our own country. Who can straighten it all out? The president can't do it. Congress can't do it. The United Nations can't do it. It will take more than a superman to do it. It will take a supernatural man to do it. And that man is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can straighten out the world. As you look at the conditions that exist in the world, I don't see how things can go on as they are much longer. The Lord will have to come back to straighten out the world. But before he comes back, we must straighten out ourselves first. How, you ask? 
You do it simply by being born of water and of the Spirit. There are many today who live good, clean lives. They serve well in civic duties. They are honest in business. They are kind to their loved ones. They even go to church and are faithful in their tithes and offerings. But let me tell you, that is not enough. You can't rest your hope of entering heaven upon your goodness or works. Read in Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and the Lord spoke to Nicodemus about the new birth. Read in John 3, 2, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Nicodemus was not satisfied with the rites and ceremonies in which he participated. Jesus advised him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. According to Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus used the word born, Nicodemus could think of nothing but a physical birth. Thus, he questioned, how can these things be? I'm an old man. Can I go back into my mother's womb the second time and be born? With all his religious background, we can see that Nicodemus didn't understand spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual birth. We find that baptism is essential to salvation. And Jesus confirms this in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Acts 4, 12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, God has highly exalted him, and given him a name, a name which is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. This has not come to pass, but it will surely happen when Christ comes again to rule and reign. First, he comes in the air to rapture the saints, dead and living, into heaven. At the judgment seat, he will judge every Christian's works and hand them their rewards. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. During this time, the tribulation period, or Jacob's seven years of trouble, will take place on earth. Reading Matthew 24.21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. As the scripture implies, it will be a time of great trouble and distress. But true born-again Christians will not be here. They'll be gone up to be with the Lord. Read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, and 10. 
For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. On his succeeding return, he will not stop in the air, but will come down to earth, and his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, as we read in Zechariah, the fourth chapter, verses 4 and 5. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And he shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as he fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Three, what is the purpose of his coming? Why will he come in the air? First, he will come to raise up all those who sleep in Jesus, be it from their graves, from the bottom of the sea, from the sands of the desert, and so forth. Jesus' favorite word is come. Maybe that is what he will shout when he comes. And as those bodies rise up to meet him, they will not be as they were when they died. No, those diseased, broken, emaciated, and or aged bodies will be transformed into his own glorious likeness. Reading Philippians 3.21, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Yes, Jesus will change our worthless or human body so that we will be perfect and live forever. Jesus performed many wonder-working miracles while he was here on earth. But when he changes all who were very who were sorry, sinful human beings be to his own glorious likeness, when they are made like himself, that will be the greatest miracle of all. When a saint dies, his body is buried in the ground, but his soul and spirit, his real self, goes up to be with the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He also said in Philippians 1.23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He is simply bearing out a truth that the soul and body are separated at death, with the soul and spirit going on to be with Jesus. When Jesus returns, he will bring our spirits, our souls with him. He will raise up our body, soul and body will be joined again, and then, and not until then, we will be complete in Him. Next, when He emerges in the air, He will catch up all living Christians to be with Him. They will not go through the experience of death. Some may be in the church, some may be at home, some may be at work, some may be asleep, but wherever they may be, they will be snatched up from the world like an eagle snatches up its prey and carries it to the heights. No one will be left. All will go up to meet the Lord and their loved ones in the air. And as they go up, they too will be transformed into His glorious likeness. You see, 
the tribulation period is coming to this world. All the wars, bloodshed, troubles, accidents, earthquakes, tornadoes, and SARS of this present age will not compare with that period. God does not want his people to suffer these things. Therefore, he will take them up to be with him. Isn't that wonderful and awesome? And finally, our fourth point, we prepare by coming to him for full and free salvation. There is only one way to be saved, and that is through repentance. Repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus arrives in the air and when the trumpet sounds, there will be no more opportunities for anyone to be saved. When Paul came to the end of the way, he said in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses 6 through 8, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. The question is, are you ready to meet Jesus in the air? It won't happen if you do not first meet him here on earth. We prepare by living consecrated Christian lives. The Bible says that if a man has this hope, he purifies himself. Since chances are such that we may meet him at any minute, we should straighten out our lives and cast aside everything that will be wrong in his sight. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The church band will close today's telecast with the song, Sunlight.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.